Okay, and welcome back to another episode. We've got lots to talk about tonight, and we're going to touch on a few certain things that you might not think we're going to touch on. So welcome back, and my Linda is going to tell us what is in our cups, because um, I really don't know. (laughs) So tonight we have, we're talking about Kava Kava, or um, some people call it Kava, Kava Kava. Um, You'll see it pop up in a lot of the CBD stores. One of our favorite, well, the CBD cafe that we go to for the drum circles, it has, it's a coffee and CBD and kava bar. Um, So what it is, it is a root of a shrub that is native to the Western and South Pacific islands. So Hawaii, it's native to Hawaii. Um, It's a root you can make a tea. Of course, you can make a root tea. Um, it's used for anxiety, sleeplessness, pain caused by muscle spasms. And um, it also has anti-inflammatory, um, analgesic effects. And it, there are some interactions, just like with anything, check, you know, with whatever else you're taking. But um the it's an anti so possible interactions is antiplatelet, anticoagulant drugs or herbs. It may con- contradict. Um, do not take with CNS depressants. Um, so that's another thing. And it also is a muscle relaxant, and we already talked about the pain reduced by tense muscles. It also helps the nervous system switch from a, the parasympathetic sympathetic mode. It's a sleep aid. It's calms menstrual cramps and uterine spasms, um, increases feel good hormones for happiness. It helps that, you know, wired, but tired type of feeling. You know how you're like, yeah, you're, yeah, but you're talking about the antispasmodic. Um, I get muscle cramps in my legs at night, and they're on the sides, not the calf, but the sides of your leg. They go down yeah. to your ankle, mm-hmm. and I have been trying to figure out something that's not, you know, anything heavy-duty medicated to take for it. And so that sounds like that might be, like, a worthwhile. Yeah. this is a good one. Absolutely. And um, there are some spiritual aspects of it as well. Um, it's euphoric and relaxing. So you can also couple it with, you know, like our third eye tea, the, you know, mugwort, Damiana, the blue Lotus flower, you know, all the different things it's ruled by the moon. Ooh, Mm -hmm. that's a hundred percent there, right there. I know that's all you have to say. Um, it's used in ceremony or meditation because it relaxes the muscles and slightly stimulates the mind. So again, euphoric and relaxing, it helps with the muscle. It heightens spiritual awareness um, and it helps us tap into intuition and emotional body. So it would be a good one for shadow work. I was thinking that, but I'm thinking more, I I mean, I have a physical issue because I get these cramps like two or three o'clock in the morning and it goes down the side of your leg around your ankle and you have to get up and walk them off. We all know how much fun that is. Right. Um, But no, that sounds like something if you drank that before you went to bed, it would kind of like help it along so you don't get them quite so much. Yeah. And it has anti-stress properties. Like I said, it reduces anxiety. Um, so it, IV 
because this has been the right. week I, I needed IV this week. Trust me, I know we've been we've been adding more and more specialists, and um, so yeah, there's only one only Friday next week he does not have an appointment. So, and I'm working and I'm working in between, and you know, trying to deal with the kids, but um. Sounds we'll like to- y'all could use a, a, a heavy duty shot of the Kava Kava. Yeah, like two IVs, please, wherever it'll go. Um, and it also is used um, to help with urinary problems. I'm sorry, this is kind of small. Um, it's because it's an anti inflammatory, you can also use it for gout. Um, you know, yeah, arthritis. I'm do a, a dose of that and. Not only was I shocked and surprised, and so was my doctor, but it hurts. Oh, yeah. Mike had his first attack when I delivered Haley. The nurse was checking on him more than me. He couldn't. It was horrible. Um, it, it is amazing how painful it really is. And I had, I don't, they don't even know why I had it. The only thing they can think of is I dehydrated myself right. to a point that the ure, ureic acid built up, but Mm-hmm. That's still good to know that you can use something natural, you know, and take a little bit of it and help that kind of issue. Absolutely. It says it's also used to treat ADHD, epilepsy, psychosis, sleep-related health problems. You can also make it a mouthwash to help with canker sores and toothaches. Um it's also good to treat headaches, fever, chronic fatigue, and migraines. Um, and also, you know, cramping, bronchial congestion, stiffness. So, I mean. Wow. Yeah. That's one of those ones that I need to, like, order in the tonnage. Right. Exactly. Especially and for the relaxing qualities alone. Exactly. It also helps with mood swings. Um, oh. so, yeah. And um, another thing that I saw, um, one of the primary arguments um, says that liver damage from kava is unpredictable, dose-independent, and not reproducible. Um, Individual metabolic differences are more likely. So again, it's going to depend on your body. You have to dose it out depending on what works for you, trial and error sort of thing. And that's usually the case with herbal remedies and homeopathic things. Uh, you know, yeah, very much is, especially even if you're making tinctures, there's still that little bit of unsurety. And it's just like if a doctor gives you a medication, the dose isn't always attractive to you. You right. have like, I have a very low tolerance for narcotics. So when they like put me out for any kind of work to be done, surgery or dental work, I'm gone. I, you can't twilight me because I am out for the count. So just like medication that you take at home, you have to be very careful when you're taking it. Right. Now, some people will even say that it's a legal alternative to illegal drugs because of some of its effects, which, you know, let's not you know, go. What they call illegal drugs are natural drugs uh, plants opium grows you know the poppy flower so a lot of times i really have to to laugh at people um i did have a discussion with a young lady the other day and she's telling me oh i do herbal and you need to take ginger and i'm like whoa girl do you know what ginger is 
And yeah. she's like, wow, it's, I'm like, and how much work have you done in, she goes, well, I have a mentor who's teaching me. And I said, well, you need to go back to that mentor. Yes. And if your mentor does not have a degree or does not have any actual scientific background in herbs and that sort of thing, then you need to be really careful because you should never, first of all, offer anybody any advice. Right. Secondly, ginger is wonderful if mm -hmm. done correctly. Oh, yeah. And that's true of a lot of herbs. I mean, she's like, going, oh, well, it's natural, so you don't have to worry. And I was like, hey, do you understand arsenic is natural? There are okay. poisonous plants out there, people. We've she looked at me and I'm like, take a peach, pop open that pit, and that little pit nut that's inside is mm -hmm. arsenic. Yeah. Four or five of them is going to do you good. That will put your butt down quick. Um, yeah. You really just have to be careful with anything. You have to be extremely careful. Yeah. What may seem hard, like I said, certain flowers for your cats are deadly. You know, just certain herbs we've talked about before. So it's right. just got to be. But when you make an herbal tea, you're usually using such a small amount of the herb that you really, I mean, it's, it's a trial and error to see if you get enough. So if you do a pinch at a time and then work your way up, or sometimes they'll have, um, a general dose, which is kind of like a general dose on anything for aspirin, you take two, that kind of thing, you know, so it, it's a general guideline. But um, anytime you're taking anything like that, just be aware there's going to be contraindications for everything. Right, exactly. Just, you know, play it smart. Yeah. I know, a common sense, I keep forgetting it's not as common as I believe it was at one time but now i mean that sounds like a really good thing though because um as you get older um and i'm finding this out because i'm getting older um the cramping of the muscles is not uncommon because as we get older like i run like a crazy person all day so when i go to sleep i tend to sleep very still i mean right. i I fuss some in my sleep, but my legs are usually pretty much where they go is where they are. That's why I have issues with my knees because they're not moving. They get in that settled right. position and then I don't move. And then it's like getting up in the morning and that's what causes the leg cramps. When you get up and go to stretch, I'll get that cramp and it's like, oh my God. But um, yeah, that sounds like something yeah. to use. I get it sometimes as well. Um, and like my foot was just uh, uh, asleep a moment ago and I was like oh please go away I don't want to go Mercury is in retrograde so we're going to say this really quick it's insane out there um, that tea sounds like a necessary ingredient for the next week or two until mm -hmm. Mercury gets its little rear end straightened out right exactly and so yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. Everyone has been affected. It, it seems, it seems this one has been different. So it I have no idea. It has been a very difficult one. Now, Melinda can tell you when she was out, um, we were all, and everybody was wonderful about sending prayers and all. Um, it's come to our attention that my buddy on virtual circle has had a family emergency of the utmost worst kind. And she is in dire need of healing and candles. 
And yeah. as witches, that is the best and easiest thing we can do is light our candles and do a little healing work for her. So um, if you're ever on Virtual Circle, Mary Hawk is my um, co-host on that. And she is in need of that. So I would really appreciate if everybody, again, just keep her in your thoughts and prayers and yes. light a candle and send a little energy to her um, so that she can get through this trying period right now. Um, we do have ritual on Sunday. She will not be there. So I'm just letting everybody know ahead of time if you could just keep her in thoughts and prayers. Yes. Appreciate yes. it. We just have the bestest group and listeners. So... I mean, we do, we really do. And I really, when you guys, when we ask for this, we don't ask for it lightly. We understand what goes on when you do this for somebody because we do it ourselves. Sure. So we only ask in dire need. And right now it's a dire need. Yeah. And it, um, and also um, with, you know, thoughts and prayers also um, with Miranda's family um, as well you know, there's things going on there. Um, she has a family member in the hospital now. Um, and also, you know, it's just there's, and then Lady Angela's son just got out of the hospital. I mean, there's a ton. And then Mike is going through the show. I mean, it's just like one after the other. It's just nuts. So, yeah. And, he, and the wonderful thing with this group and the wonderful thing about being as a witch is you can light one candle and cover them all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's all about the intention and the energy. Absolutely. And people you don't even know just to put it out there, you know. It is amazing. I know with when you were down, we were very fortunate, everybody, um, candles and prayers and thoughts. And, you know, you, you don't want to tell personal stuff on, you know, out there. So we, we just say they're in need. Y'all can go from that point we don't need to know we're witches exactly exactly we don't need to know. We just everyone know. wants yeah not everyone wants people to know so um so yeah so just we appreciate that and and yeah if nothing else we definitely are there you know together and and i'm going to throw one out there jason our cohort um his wife's been under the weather if y'all could just stretch a little bit and give her a little oomph to uh, get her through. She's not been doing good. She hurt her back. So he's been, you know, and when anybody is down in your family, it brings right. the whole family down because it's it a thing. Yeah, so exactly. Just, you know, when we say these things, um, you can dress the candle. You can just say, um, I have a Reiki box that has a candle on top of it. So I just throw names in the Reiki box and light the candle. It works. Yeah, and that's a good point. Um, we do have, you know, a Reiki, the Reiki school. Um, they do take, you know, there's prayer, there's a prayer list that you can be added there's to. A candle there's lighting a list. I mean, if you get in with this group, we'll make sure you're okay. But when we ask, you guys are fabulous about coming through with the results. So we thank you ahead of time. And you'll be hearing from all of those through us more than likely about how everything went. But Angela's son did get released from the hospital. Yay! Um, they're not sure why. They're still working on that. But, hey, he's well enough to leave the hospital. It's baby steps. So right, right. We'll take the baby steps. Exactly. 
And um, so thank you. Thank you all for that. And um, so moving on, whenever you see this, it most likely will be Father's Day. Okay, it's the Sun God's Day. So yes, I just want to put a plug in because for a good period of time, there's a lot of us. Um, how do I say it nicely? A lot of us moms who have to do dual duty. Right. Um, you're a single mom, and I was for a period of time, so I can relate. Um, you have to play both both roles. And if you're a single dad, you play both roles. Yes. So it's a very daunting kind of thing. Sometimes grandma or grandpa or aunt or uncle or whoever, you know, whatever that means for you and your family. You have to um, play both sides of the fence. And sometimes it's really tough as a single parent. And I know that. And with Father's Day coming up, there's a lot of single moms out there who play dads too. Mm -hmm. So for all you single moms out there, there is nothing wrong with you gathering kudos for both days. So yes. for all the single moms who have had to be dad and step up to the plate because nobody else did, I give hats off. Also for stepdads, I'm going to give a big shout out because my son had probably the most wonderful stepdad in the entire world. Mm -hmm. and I say that very openly. And he was so fortunate. He had a stepfather that just thought the world of him. And for a stepfather to step up mm -hmm. means a whole lot. Yeah. And when you look at your family and you can't tell who belongs to who, that says that speaks volumes to me. Oh so, yeah. I have a big blended family myself. I right. mean not only our nucleus, but you know, my my mom remarried when I was young and he raised me and my dad was in the Navy, so he was stationed all over the place. So, you know, it wasn't I couldn't see him as much and and shout out to the moms who are, you know, married but your husbands are on deployment or, well, you know, anything that's a military brat, let me tell you. Too, Navy brat. So yeah. The entire service. Um, anybody who's ever been enlisted, when you leave, the whole family leaves with you in a way. Mm -hmm. And it's really tough. So for when mom and dad aren't there because they're deployed, um, remember that if you have friends who are in the service and you can help out, help out. Yeah. It's, it's something that's really needed. Um, military families tend to stick together and they help each other out. Been there and done that. Yep. Um, but it's, it's really a big thing. And being able to say that, you mentored a young person um, and that young person can remember you, whether it's through a church group, whether it's through a scouting organization or whether it's just through the kid in the neighborhood that, you know, you might have taken under your wing for a month or two and, and just helped out at home. It's yeah. a big deal to that kid. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, and like we said, there's so many different things that you can do. Um, you can, you know do different crafts. You can look up things. I mean, you can, like we've said before, you can go on Pinterest and it just won't stop. You can find so many things. And sometimes the best thing is just being in the moment. Yes. And I know like our father's day here is going to be quiet because, you know, Mike still can't do a lot. And so, 
it's just going to be chilling out and spending quality family time and not doing, you know, anything else. So, and sometimes that's all that's needed and playing games. We got hungry, hungry hippos, you know, we'll play some high ho cheerio shoots and ladders or something like that. And don't forget those handmade cards. They're the best. You might look at them. If you made one 10 years later and go, Oh my God, I can't believe I gave that to them. But let me tell you, those homemade cards as a mom or a dad are like gold. Yeah. So when Mike was in the hospital and the girls couldn't go see him, Fiona made him the get well soon, dad. We love you. And that's him with his little buzz cut hair. (laughs) (laughs) That's blackmail material in, in about 15 years for her. Right. And this is um, Come Home Soon, We Love You. And then this will really make you laugh. They're supposed to be balloons. Okay. I was going to ask. <laughs> Sorry. You never know. Balloons, trees. I mean, they all look the same. She was like, no, because we're happy. And she always has to put her name at the top. Always, always. And she has a little son. So, yeah. I mean, those and that just completely made everything like he had it on this little rolling tray that they give you at the hot you know that you had to eat all that hospital food so he had it i put it up on his tray so it was all displayed and you know Kathy, little those things. are the kinds of things that 20 30 years down the road i still have small little things my kids made small little cards and all you don't too. think they mean a lot but as you get much older um my granddaughter who is 18 now one of them and she saw something that her father had made that I had. And she's like, oh, my God, did he really? And I was like, yeah. And it was kind of like a connection because it was like, wow, my dad was that young at one time, too. I and know. Kids don't make that connection that you were ever young. They think you're born the age that you are. Yeah, exactly. Until well, you get a little bit older. This was um, Fiona's first Mother's Day, and she was born in October of 16, so May, this was, and she painted this with, like, little, you know, scribble paints in, at her school, and we got a picture of us painting it together, so. That's the kind of crap that 10 years down the road is, like, you can't give up. No, and it's display, and I have, you know, and it's special. And let me tell you, I get it, the techie stuff, the toys. Yes, there's some amazing toys, and I'm the aunt that always gets you an educational toy. Um, And then sometimes I'll get you, like, you know, depending on the age, maybe like a sarcastic, pranky type of thing. But... Yeah, I'm that aunt. Like, yeah, because I know you're going to get a bunch of video games and everything else. So you're getting something from me, whether it's art or something that can be used for either creativity or, you know, something that's... Well, nowadays, kids don't really do a lot of that. Like, oh, my gosh, when my kids were little, they brought home all kinds of... I I could never tell you what they were because I don't know what they are. But... For yes. Father's Day and things of that nature, don't hold back. Let them do what they feel they want to do for dad because that's kind of special if they do it themselves. You can supply the stuff, put it all on the table and say, okay, make dad something for Father's Day and let them have at it. Yeah. And and don't, um, you know, and to each his own, you're going to do what you want to do. But 
maybe start a new tradition if it's not something that you're doing already. Um, you know, maybe if you're still going to get all the big items like, oh, dad's getting like a new big screen TV and, you know, stuff like that. It's like if you're going to do all of that, that's great. But at least try to incorporate something that's really, t- you know, is thoughtful. They have to put their energy into. And, you know, it does not matter what it is. It does not matter what it is. It could be like a cup of dirt and it would be the best thing ever, you know? My um, little nephew came for my housewarming a couple weekends ago and his idea for me was to make some rainbow window catchers. And they had taken him to the store and he picked out what he wanted and he painted them. He's eight. And he brought them to me. And I'll tell you what, I have everything this child's ever made me. And when he came over and he saw some of his artwork sitting around my house, because it's what he made me, he was just like, oh, my gosh, she must love me. Because all he could talk about, I was told later, was some of the artwork that he, I still have, like, you still have that? I'm like, of course I do. You made it for me. Remember? Yeah, I remember. But it's children are, they always want to feel special and they will feel special making something for you if you appreciate it. Oh yeah. Just like how bad it is. Just, but always do what I've always done. Tell me the story behind it. So you know what the heck they're giving you because they could hand you something and you're going like, Oh, that's wonderful. Wow. So don't ask what it is. We ask, what's the story with this? Mm-hmm. So they'll make up a little story to go with it. And then you'll kind of grasp what it is. And go, oh, yes, that looks exactly like what you just said. Because and it's, really I, funny. it's really funny when they're four. Because you get stuff and you're going like, oh, that's beautiful. And you don't want to ask because they're going to go, can't you tell? And you've destroyed the moment at that point. <laughs> Exactly. I like started, the first one. She started doing so good where she had the circle and the eyes and the mouth and then she would do the hair and she would do like the stick body. She did great. And then it warped into and she would do all five of us, Erica too, and she would do the cats, however that looked. And then it warped into the family pictures. You can see all of our features and, oh, we're a cute little stick family. And then she started, like, doing these big circles for, like, all the clothes and all everything. And I'm like, what? what is that? And she goes, that's you, silly. I'm like, oh, sweet. I got curly hair. It's <laughs> like, yeah, so I learned not to ask. I always learned, I started learning with the first one. Tell me the story behind this. And mm-hmm. then it sparks them because it's like, oh, you want to know about it? Okay. Well, and if they need encouragement, why did you make it? What were you thinking? And that will bring out what the, what's behind their thoughts. Right. And it, it is, is so, amazing. It is. And you would be surprised how really wise they are if you just sit and take the time to listen to them. But with my first and one, listen. she brought home something and I was like, oh, what is that? Yeah. That's what I made you. Oh, good. That's my yeah. first one. You're allowed to make mistakes with the first one. So I was like, especially, especially with five years old and you have no clue and it's clay and it's like, like yeah, it's a dump. 
A huge thing is too, a big thing with the kids, especially pagan kids, because they are a, a lot more attuned to nature. They're more aware of things. They're more sensitive to things a lot of times. Even if they're just starting out, you know, a lot of times they have that natural, like don't stifle their imagination because, and don't, and don't be quick to say, oh, they have an imaginary friend because I made that mistake. I made that mistake initially and it was Haley meeting her spirit guide. And she was very detailed, very detailed at three years old, like just turned three. She was two the day before. And she was so detailed about how he looked and his features and all this stuff. And it's like, how are you like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and she saw spirits for quite a long time, quite a long time. See, and that's what we do. And that's what was done to us. It's imaginary mm-hmm. friend. They don't exist. So as you get a little bit older, they don't exist. I yeah. fell into the cracks on that one because my parents separated when I was young and there was nobody at home to tell me that my imaginary friend was an imaginary friend, which they weren't. I was seeing spirits. Right. But I fell into the cracks. There was nobody to tell me, no, that's, they don't exist. It's your imaginary friend or whatever. So I never got the naysaying. So as far as I, you know, from the time I was little till now, I see ghosts, I feel them, I hear them. It's the whole nine yards. Because I was never told I didn't or right. they weren't real. So my cousin, who's six weeks younger than I am, was, I used to envy her. She had better, she could see him better. She could hear him better. And I used to hate that. She has totally lost the ability to see them now. Mm. We were talking about that. I'm flying out the um, 1st of July, like July 6th to see her again. Um, so our show will be filmed in um, West Virginia. Yay. That's going to be interesting. Let's see if I can get the internet to work in West Virginia. We're not. My one cousin lives up high in the mountains, so I'm probably going to film it from their house because they have internet and they don't lose power. My other cousins, some of them live in, in the holler. Okay, get over Down it. Down the holler. Down in the holler. Get over it. Yes, it exists. Um, I so it. I have to be careful who I'm with, so I'm going to try to make sure I'm with somebody that I can actually film with. But um, you're going to see a new background. Um, but she lost the ability. And we were talking about it last time we went. And I was like, my God, I used to envy you. You could just, like, pop that stuff up. She goes, I can't even do it now. And I said, I was shocked. I was like, why? And she was like, well, I guess mom told me, you know, it was imaginary friends, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and then she's like, well, how come you still say? I said, there's nobody telling me they weren't real. Right. Yeah. Not only that, but I am a firm believer that we are all psychic. It's just a matter of tuning into it and practice, practice, practice. And it's a matter of you telling a person they don't have it because if you tell them they don't have it, that's what they believe. Oh, exactly. So if you never say anything, and I'm not saying encourage, you know, the craziness, um, when the stories come up, then you accept them. And first of all, make sure that they haven't conjured something because trust and believe that crap happens. Um, But just listen to what they have to say. That's why I used to always like to ask for a story behind something because 
my oldest is me all over. Mm. And um, it was funny because when she came down to visit me, my roommate was like, oh, my God, did you like spit and have her? Basically, I did. Um, And so she was always psychic. She was she was very empathic, you know, very intuitive. And I never at first I was going to like no. And then I thought, well, I was never told that. So I let it go. Um, and that was a smart thing to do because when we ask for stories behind stuff, like tell me the story behind this. Mm -hmm. And I started doing that when she was young because she would come home and say stuff. And I said, well, tell me the whole story. That was my always like when she was out with her little friends and somebody got hurt. Well, tell me the whole story, right? Not just that little bit, but tell me the whole story. Mm-hmm. And that's when you find out what really went on. Like, yeah, well, I shoved her an hour ago and I, she just got back at me by hitting me just now. Okay. The whole story was you deserve what you got. Right. Um, which and so half the time you don't get the whole story because they don't want to admit they did anything and right. they don't want to get in trouble. But when you start them out little, say, telling me the whole story behind other things, they get in the habit of telling you the whole story behind everything that happens, which allows them an opportunity to be heard. Mm-hmm. an opportunity for them to learn to vocalize what they've seen, heard, and smelled so that they can put into words what's happening. So as they get a little bit older and things happen to them, they have the vocabulary, they have the ability to put it together and let you know what happened. So you don't get these half stories, half things that you can't make sense of until 20 years later and you hear it and then you're horrified by why didn't I take action Exactly. Because you didn't know the whole story. So with her, she was one of those very precocious children where we would say, well, tell me the whole story behind this painting or this drawing. Because some of her drawings are like, "Mm, man, that's going to put you on a psychiatrist's couch for 20 years when you get older. Um, Tell me the story behind this. And they would go into this this story and explains it. And it's like, well, hell, that ain't nothing. But right. in your mind, you see it and you're going, oh, yeah, we need to talk to a psychiatrist. Especially, on this those, especially those peaking kids, you're like, you, you know, it's like a fine line. It's like, is this like a vision? Is this a dream you had that you wrote down? Or, or is this the way of getting out of doing the dishes? Right. Are you, what's happening? So right? the word, the verbiage I used to use is tell me the whole story or tell me the story behind this. And once they're able to vocalize, that makes them use their words. It makes them use, go back and look at a big picture because they're telling you everything now instead of that one little episode. As they get older, they are better able to to discern the big picture because they're used to telling it to you. So you tend to get, I don't know if your heart can handle it as you get older because they gave me heart attacks. Um, She would tell me the whole story and it's like, I don't want to know. Uh, But mom, you always say, no, 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 mom, mom only needs this much right now because mom can't handle it. Um, But it is, it's very refreshing if you tell them, tell me the story behind it. So any artwork or anything they did, when they start telling you the story behind it, many times it sparks them for more artwork to be more creative because you're giving them now an opportunity to expand upon what they've done. Exactly. And it's really cool because um, their stepfather, who was absolutely wonderful, I, he was best world's best stepfather, 
he's a husband. We'll talk later. But as a stepfather, he was great. Um, he would sit down with them and they would tell him these stories behind what they made for him or what they did for him. And he, as he, we got older, um, he would say, you know, that, that was like really strange that they, that sparked that in their head. Like they get an idea and run with it, but they are much more verbal. They're much more willing to talk to you because you're actually listening at that you're point. Taking, right. You're taking an interest in what they're saying, regardless children, of how ridiculous it might sound. How ridiculous it is, but children, if they're not listened to, if you cut them short, then they get to where you don't care. And we know that's the part from the truth. Right. And then look what happens when they're preteens and teenagers. Then when shit goes down, they don't feel comfortable opening up to you about things. And they keep thinking, you know what I mean? And you want to have, ideally, a close. Open relationship. At least open relationship. Right. It works if you ask, if you start when they're little, just ask the story behind it. Or why did you do this? Ask the question and really listen and ask questions back. Because when they finish telling you, and if you ask, well, okay, how come you use green instead of blue for the sky? And when they give you that, oh, you know, that's really interesting. That's a and different you know way of looking at it. Absolutely. And you know what? You would be surprised some of the things that they say, and it's just that it's not wrong. It's just a different perspective and it will blow your mind. Some of the things that will come out of their mouths. If you just listen, I think the most heartwarming thing for me to have had is my granddaughter talking to my great grandson. And I heard those words. Tell me the story behind it. I lost it. Oh. Tears. I'll tell you grandma, great grandma, Gigi, as I'm called. Uh, I lost it. Yeah. And it was because that was said to her and it was because I said it to my daughter and it was said because the one time I did say, what is that? She was so deflated. It was like somebody just put a little pin in her bubble and it just deflated her. And I felt like the worst person on the entire universe. I was like ready to throw myself off a cliff because I had upset her that much. But then again, it's a learning process with your first okay. child. You make all the mistakes. Um, the love Yeah, and then, well, they all have different personalities. So then the stuff you learn from the first one goes out the window because this one's the second one's completely different. different. And but completely different than the third one. <laughs> if you start that, tell me the story, explain this to me, and really sit down and listen and have that interaction, even when they're little. Fiona can have a full-blown conversation with me and tell me everything I've asked her and explain everything to me. She's done it before on CCF. Yes. She explained her <laughs> nightgown and what was it? Her wand that she brought on and showed us. Yeah, probably her frozen yeah. wand. I remember because she explained it and I asked questions and she answered me. And, I, and for a small child. She talks for, a lot. She talks, she'll talk your ear off. She will. But for somebody else other than mom and dad to ask her questions and listen to what she said and repeat it back, a small child then feels vindicated. They and sometimes that's all they need is just a second of your attention. And I'm guilty of it too because I get so busy, especially now with the, the stroke stuff mm -hmm. and the 9,000 appointments. It's like sometimes – I. 
I have a hard enough time as it is sometimes taking self, you know, self care and time for myself. But then other times when I do get that time, you know, it's a struggle sometimes between mom needs 10 minutes and okay, well, we haven't talked that much today or haven't seen you that much today. You know, sometimes it's, it's a struggle. It's a balance. You have to find that balance. One of the things I'm so used to putting everyone in before me, kids, everyone. Right. And I'm going to, my mother was let you in on a little secret. Um, before this, I had a speaking engagement a little bit ago. Actually, my theme was self-care. Nice. Um, it was uh, the Interfaith Fairness Coalition of Maryland. I used to be one of their speakers, and I used to speak all over Maryland about different things. And um, we were asked to speak on the lessons we've learned with COVID. And I throw it down here on the floor because I was literally in this chair. If you ever, if you see it, you're going to see me in clerics in this background because I was right here. Um, but it's the new normal lessons learned. And my big thing at the end was self-care because mm -hmm. that's something that's a new norm for us now, because what did we always do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I am the biggest, biggest person who I never took time for myself. I would yeah. run myself ragged and not think twice about it. Um, yes, I will do that. Yes, I will do. And it was like, it gets to a point where self-care now means saying no. Yeah, exactly. And you need to teach your children those boundaries too, because see, I was never taught that by any female in my, um, like yeah. my mother's generation, my aunts, my grandmother, they did 24 seven and they all died early. And I'm not, I'm putting that out there for real. I can give you dates and ages. It's scary. Mm. So, um, it's like, okay, so what really is this I'm talking about? If you give from every, to give to everybody, you end up emptying your cup. You cannot give from an empty cup. Right. Um, and you need to do a little self-care. If you teach your children these boundaries where they need their self-care, start teaching them now to meditate. It, 30 seconds does not kill a kid. Oh yeah. Anytime Fiona gets, you know, frustrated or you can tell she's getting like, she does her, her 10 deep breaths. And you know, what's funny. I mean, it's sad, but it's just our new normal with all the stuff with my kid, you know, has a blood pressure cuff that we has to check his blood pressure all the time. And every time he goes to check it, she's standing in front of him, coaching him going, and she does it 10 times. Okay. It's great. So, Make a great Lamaze coach. Okay. <laughs> she is so funny. She's so funny. But, and that goes back to what we said in a previous episode, they watch you. Oh. So if you are, you know, just like I, I was doing something on the computer and I had incense going and she just randomly walks in the room, stands right here at the bookshelf and just starts smudging herself. I don't know. I didn't say anything. I didn't. She just walked up there. So it's like they pay attention and, you know, she sees my crystals and she, you know, and on the opposite side, if you don't do self care, she sees that. Yes. Yes. And my generation, let me tell you, we are the world's worst at self care mm -hmm. because my generation was told we could have job, career, family, children, and run a house. Yeah. Uh-uh. I'm going to tell you now. You can try 
but you've got to give somewhere along the line. And we were told, we were never taught, like my mother was a stay-at-home mom, right. um, as most women in the 50s were, stay-at-home mom. For women to work in the 50s was pretty unusual. Um, mm -hmm. You worked till you got pregnant, and then you stopped. Um, you very seldom went back and worked unless you absolutely had to. Right. Um, but most women stayed home. That was the whole idea. Woman stays home, man goes to work, woman takes care of things. Mm -hmm. If you're a stay-at-home mom, I know that's a 24-7 job because I did it. Mm -hmm. but you do have more time for self-care than if you're doing a 9-to-5 plus the kids, plus the house, plus everything else that goes on in life. If you don't take time for self-care, they see that. They see you running like a crazy person. I grew up with crazy women. And, and they think it's normal and that's okay. And then it just right. repeats the cycle. Yeah. It's a bad cycle to repeat. And even for men, men were never taught self-care. Now, they're a little bit better at it than we are. But men still don't do a lot of self-care. They don't do that meditation because they're, they're manly men or whatever. Right. I, I gave up. But they don't, don't want to go to the doctor for checkups because they're they're okay. Yeah. If they have a men. gash in their arm, they'll, you know, and of course not all men, but they're statistically more men don't right. see the regular right. care themselves than women. So now my generation comes along and we think we can have it all. And the guys are still following in the generation of their fathers. Go to work, come home, put your feet up. Because your wife's a stay-at-home wife. She can take care of everything. Well, now your wife is doing the 9 to 5 with you, and you may get home before her or after her. Um, but that 10 minutes of self-care, um, and it was so funny because I was, I'm reading it over my script that I read, and um, part of it was I was talking about constant stress and stuff. But that self-care where you, I need six hours of sleep at night in order to function the next day. I'm an accountant. I have to be able to clearly think numbers. So right. I don't have a job where there's downtime. My job, when I hit that front door, it runs until I walk out of that door. So, and it's numbers and it's thinking critical. It's critical thinking 24 seven at work for me. Um, right. I have to look at contracts. I have to look at credit applications. I have to deal with all of the accounting, payables, receivables, you know, working on payroll. So you have to be very clear. So I need six hours of sleep. In order for me to get to sleep, I have to do a wind down. Now, my wind down, uh, sometimes it's vegging on the couch for a half an hour, truthfully. Sometimes it's meditation. Sometimes it's a little shadow work, a little spiritual work. A lot of times it, I have to get away from work. So yeah. I do stuff far away from numbers, which mm -hmm. means I might take a walk in the neighborhood, just walk around the block and come back. I might actually get in the kitchen and clean the kitchen. Now it doesn't sound like wind down, but it's, I'm not thinking numbers. I'm not thinking work. I'm, I'm, it's fine on for you, whatever that means for you. Absolutely. So you need to figure out what do you need to sleep? What do you need to get to sleep? Because you can go in and lay in that bed and lay there for six hours and not sleep. Right. Trust That's me, we've all done that one before. 
Right. Self-care means if I need an hour before I lay down in order for, one, my medication to take effect, two, to do a wind down so that I'm not laying in there and my muscles are all tense because I'm stressed, or if my mind's racing 90 miles an hour, that's not rest. So self-care is what you need to do for you. If you tell your children it's self-care, I need 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then ask them, what do you need for self-care? And if they say, I need a minute to whatever, Fiona's probably going to tell you she's going to meditate for a minute on something oh, outrageously. Or she loves like play makeup and stuff like that. She'll do pamper herself or something. She'll pamper herself. So she'll do her nails for 10 minutes. Yes, she will. But that is telling her, guess what? It's okay. Yeah, because I never got told it was okay for me to take that five minutes to myself. I would learn. Let me tell you, my generation, I would go to the bathroom and sit down. At that point, I'm a captured audience. I can't get off the toilet because I'm using it. That means the kids, the dog, the husband. We've had family conferences while I've been trying to have a bowel movement. Oh, my goodness. And I am not, it is the honest to God's truth. And I would sit there and say things like, doesn't the stink bother y'all? Because I know it's bothering me. And it didn't matter. One would come in and the next one would come in. Do you know to this day I have a hard time closing my bathroom door? Because Mm -hmm. it used to get open so much I never closed it. I just kept it open. Yeah. Yeah, I have that as well. <laughs> you're you're in there, and then the next thing you know, the dog comes in. I'm like, what the hell do you want? Well, I have the cat that gets me underneath the door um, every time I go in there as well. So, so if like, you are teaching, hmm? I just want two minutes, or sometimes I'll pretend that I'm, you know. <laughs> if you're not teaching your children self-care, who is? And I even, um, Amazon, I even bought them. They have door hangers that says meditation in progress. Do not disturb. And I bought them. They were like seven bucks for a two pack. And I'm like, if you see this on the outside of the door, you better not make a sound and you better not come in. Because it's hard enough for me to meditate as it is because I have scroll brain and all the stresses and everything going on. So a lot of times I have to do a guided meditation and I do not need that to be broken. There's nothing worse than getting halfway through it and someone interrupting it because then yeah, you come hard. out of it worse than when you went in. And locking the door is not is not an acceptable solution because then they just bang on it or they rattle the door and try to open it and it's just like... And by teaching our children that you are allowed and you mm-hmm. need to take that self-care time we're raising a group of kids that will actually understand right. self-care. And that is physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So it's, it's tough with children because I never had self-care. I ended up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the first time I was in there for a week, I had run myself so ragged. And ran my body down so much. They put me in the hospital for a week. I was on IVs. They had like, I running me through with IVs and vitamins. Mm-hmm. I had 
evidently been not eating correctly and you know everything that goes on with daily life and I ended up in the hospital for a week and that was my first clue that maybe I'm not doing something right but everybody in my family all the women you know in right generation above me stayed home they weren't fighting traffic and trying to balance child care and everything that goes on I think if this pandemic has taught us anything it's taught us that we need self-care um, yeah. we need to de-stress you guys learned that lesson yeah yeah um, you so. need to de-stress you need to get that emotional stress. There's a lot of yeah. things that you need to do. And I don't think, you know, it's okay to say, well, you need to do it. But if your children don't see you doing it, it's, right. you know, kind of like, well, daddy doesn't wash his hands for 20 seconds. You know? Right. And they yeah. see every. And, and, and just, um, for example, and it could be anything, like the little things, you know, Mike, since the hospital, he's like, making it a point to brush his teeth like twice a day and so once a day you know just these different changes and the um and fiona's like right there with it and fiona has her nighttime ritual down pat she takes her little nighttime gummy because otherwise she does not go to fall asleep until midnight 30 because of her older sisters and um well Haley now but um and she does her lavender lotion she brushes her teeth like she's got like a whole thing going and she does like her deep breaths and she's good. And so it's just those little things, those little routines can can help and, so much. And just allowing them their self-care time and saying it's OK. I mean, I was never once, she does. Yeah. I was never once told it was OK to take 10 minutes for myself. In fact, you did what? You took 10 minutes for yourself. It was made like an accusatory accusement. And yeah. my husband could go in and take a two hour nap on the weekend on the couch. Heaven forbid, I sit down and put my feet up for two minutes. And then yeah. it's like, you know, the whole world went crazy. I so I encourage you um, this Father's Day, let's pamper dad. But let's also remember that you're allowed to pamper yourself. And yes. Exactly. And, do some, and you can also do something. Yes, the alone time is also obviously very therapeutic, but you know, also making it a point to do family time because a lot of people are, and you know, we're guilty of it too. Like my husband's watching something I'm not into and I want to catch up on something I'm watching or I'm doing one of my various projects. The kids are watching YouTube or some crap. You know, it's like sometimes we want to like, that's also our self-care time and, you know, doing just chilling, not doing anything or taking care of things. Um, but even if you make it a point, if you are that type of family where you're busy all the time, everybody's busy, make it a point to do family things because those are also very self-care oriented because you're you're doing something fun like i said for us we do like family games and we'll pick different things and and it's fun and we'll watch a we'll watch a movie that you know fiona would be into and stuff like that and even if fiona's doing her own thing you know we spend time we make sure we spend time with Haley. 
that's another thing. If you have multiples, it's also important, in my opinion, to spend one-on-one -on -one time with each of them and not just always in a group setting because you do want them to feel like... Well, know, nothing's more special than having that special time with that parent alone. Yeah. Without yeah. brother or sister. Um, right. I had three. So mm -hmm. it was like... Um, it would be my husband would take one of the kids with him. Uh, he had a sister who did not want children. She was married. She just really didn't want kids. And I, that's, hey, that's, that's cool. Fine. But during the summer, she would take the children individually for a week. Oh, wow. Now, they got a whole week of her, 100%. And they developed a very, very close bond with her. But the wonderful thing was that whole week was a special week for each individual child. She took all the nieces and nephews. Mm -hmm. She For the summer, she split it up and gave everybody their week. So we made arrangements to make sure the kid got down there for the week, and mm -hmm. she took them for the week. Now, that is super cool. I mean, if you can do that, that's wonderful because... My middle daughter said to me, well, I, I'm not sure I want children. I'm like, well, make the decision before you have them, preferably. Mm -hmm. um, right. She was like, well, are you okay with that? I'm like, I'm, what I'm not okay with is if you start popping them out and don't want them. Because right. I have an issue with that. Yeah. So she took over. She wanted to be, it was called Aunt Debbie because it was my late husband's sister, Debbie. So she wanted to be Aunt Debbie. And I was like, man, that is the most special thing in the world. Yeah. And she takes the nieces and nephews for that period of time. And when you think about it, that child got a whole week of another adult's attention. You know, mm -hmm. now when they came back, I mean, she had roles and everything. So it wasn't like they ran wild, but they got a perspective of what it was like. We tried to always make sure that we had time with each child separately. Right. That was our thing. Um, we worked very hard to do that. Angela was into soccer. Mm -hmm. So uh, Joe and I were her soccer coaches. So that meant when we were with her, it was 100% her. Jason right. did scouts. So when he did scouts, Joe and I were with him 100%. So, and then the oldest, um, by that time she was gone and married, but I mean, we had, she had more of our time separately because there's a age difference. So she was by herself with us a lot. So it's really important because they need, even the car ride home from school, uh, my kids went to different schools, so it was craziness. So they got to spend that quality, quiet time with each parent, whoever picked them up from school. So it is important for that individual time because sometimes they don't want to say something that their brother or sister can overhear because they feel it's dumb or stupid or, you know, they get all those weird thoughts in their heads. But that individual time with the child can make or break a kid. Yeah. And that is, it's very special if you say, okay, this is girls weekend. The guys went camping because I would not always go on a camping trip with the scouts. There would be times when I say, I'm staying home. Right. I've got Angela, you and Jason go. Her and I, it was mom's weekend. 
So that meant we would do whatever she wanted to do, silly stuff, crazy stuff, you know, just her and I, and that's it. Um, we went shopping one, you know, we go shopping, we go in the pool. We had a pool in the backyard. Her and I would just be in the pool. It'd just be the two of us. So it was a, a very close bonding. And then again, we would switch off and I would get him and I try not to kill him for the time I had him. Had a, you know, we have a boy, it's different, yeah. but it was still that quality one-on-one -on -one time that we had together. And I really think that that makes a difference in, in how a child reacts to you because Absolutely. They're, they're quiet with you. And then, you know, it's all the special things that you do. But it just to have a special day, just to say, well, today is your day. We marked it on the calendar. What do you want to do? Absolutely. And um, and then that's like for us, we say it's a mommy, you know, mommy and daughter date and daddy and daughter date because we have three girls. Um, but there's so many different things you can do and this weekend especially is bumped up to litha or midsummer so i know we've already touched on those the past couple weeks i just wanted to run through um before we wrap it up here run through a couple um gods and goddesses that and maybe a couple different ideas that you can incorporate and of course you can do things like go to the beach or you know something like that um super simple things. So, um, there's Amaterasu, which is a Shinto, um, the Shinto pantheon is the solar goddess and is the sister of the moon deity and the storm God of Japan and is known as the goddess from which all light comes. She is much loved by her worshipers and treats them with warmth and compassion Every year in July, she is celebrated in the streets of Japan. Now, so, isn't that funny? Their sun is feminine and their mm -hmm. moon is masculine. Yeah, I thought that was, I, I know, I thought that was interesting, interesting. And then there's a 10, and of course, I'm probably mispronouncing these, so A-T-E-N, um, Egyptian Pantheon. This god was at one point an aspect of Ra, but rather than being depicted as an anthropomorphic being, like most of the other ancient Egyptian gods, um, Aten was represented by the disk of the sun, with the rays of lights emanating outward. Although his early origins aren't quite known, he may have been a localized um, deity, and he soon became known as the creator of mankind. In the Book of the Dead, he is honored with Hail Aten, Thou Lord of beams of light, when thou shinest, all faces live. So I thought that was interesting. So they had the God of the sun being male. That's mm -hmm. interesting. It's, cultures are interesting like that because it tells a lot about how they look at things, male yeah. and female. And it also depends on, like, these are very much light, you know, like the sun god and then the solar goddess. You know, those are very much light and sun, solar aspects, of course, you know, the longest day of the, of the year. Um, and then you have Apollo, which is Greek. The Greco-Roman. Son of, yep, son of Zeus. Um, multifaceted God, in addition to being the God of the sun, he also presided over music, medicine, and healing. So you can dance and, you know, there's all different things. You can dance for Litha or Midsummer, you change it up a little. Um, he was at one point identified with Helios, 
As the worship of him spread throughout the Roman Empire into the British Isles, he took on many of the aspects of the Celtic deities and was seen as a god of the sun and of healing. Um, then you have Hestia, which is a Greek goddess who watched over domesticity and the family. So we were talking about that earlier. Um, she was given the first offering at any sacrifice made in the home. On a public level, the local town hall served as a shrine for her. Anytime a new settlement was formed, a flame from the public hearth was taken to the new village from the old one. Oh, that's so, kind of cool. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was really cool. us collecting the ashes from our different campfires. Yeah, I do in Boy Scouts. Um, yeah, campfire you sprinkle a little bit and then you gather a little bit. So yeah, ashes. But I thought that was so neat. Um, and then you have Horus, of course, which is the Egyptian um, god. He's one of the solar deities as well. He rose and set every day and is often associated with. Um, Newt, the sky god, Horus later became connected with another sun god, which is Ra, R-A. And then this is an Aztec god, so please forgive me. <clears throat> um, Huitzilopochtli. And it's a very long, it's H-U-I-T-Z-I-L-O-P-O-C-H-T-L-I for anyone that wants to research him. Um, but he's a warrior god of the ancient Aztecs and was a sun god and the patron <laughs> of the city um, Tenochtitlan. And oh my gosh, I want to go there one day. The pyramids, the Aztec pyramids, and one day. Um, he battled with Nanahutsin, an earlier solar god, and he fought against darkness and required his worshippers to make regular sacrifices to ensure the sun's survival over the next 52 years, which is a significant number in Mesoamerican myths, which I will have to look that up and find out why that's a year. There's 52 oh, weeks in our year. That's I wonder if there's any other. Can I, I'm going to look it up and see if there's that's interesting, though. Um, then, of course, you have Juno. She's also called Juno Luna from the Roman uh, pantheon. The Roman, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she blesses women with the privilege of menstruation. The privilege. privilege. The month of June was named for her. And because Juno was the patroness of marriage, her month remains an ever popular time for weddings and hand fasting. Everybody gets married in June. Mm -hmm. And then you have um, Lou, of course. Celtic pantheon, similar to the Roman god Mercury, Lu was known as a god of both skill and the distribution of talent. He is sometimes associated with midsummer because of his role as a harvest god. And during the summer solstice, the crops are flourishing, waiting to be plucked from the ground at Lunasa. Yep, that would be the first good harvest. Mm -hmm. Actually, Litha is a small partial harvest because your first um, grains come in. Um, yeah. They start to come in, some of your early stuff, and that's why Lamas loaf mass is the first one for the wheat and barleys. Yep, exactly. And then there's just a, two more. There's a Sulis Minerva, which is Celtic Roman. Um, when the Romans occupied the British Isles, they took the aspects of the Celtic sun goddess Sulis and blended her with their own goddess of wisdom, Minerva. 
The resulting combination was Sulis Minerva, who watched over the hot springs and sacred waters in the town of Bath. And that's where they have the huge, um, and it's still there, you can see it today, The um, it still has the huge bath where the hot water comes up and you can still use it. That's cool. That's, oh, that was really cool. There, and then there is um, Sunna or Soul, which is the Germanic Pathion. Um, little is known about this North, Norse goddess of the sun, but she appears in the poetic Eddas as the sister of the moon god. Author and artist Talia Took says, Soul, Mistress Sun, drives the chariot of the sun across the sky every day. Pulled by the horses, um, Alsvin, very fast, and Arvac, early rising, the sun chariot is pursued by the wolf skull. She is the sister of uh, Manny, the moon god, and the wife of Glenn, which is Shine. As Sunna, she is a healer. So if you notice, a lot of the deities that are associated with the sun also are associated with healing and medicine. It's funny that, again, the woman is the sun and the man is the moon, where we mm -hmm. tend to think it opposite. Opposite, right. So that's but funny that God, the Norse God. and the Asians mm -hmm. have the same balance. Yeah. So that's an interesting thought. I thought so as well. So I just wanted to pop that in and share that because I thought those were interesting. I always like talking about those. And since it is Litha and Father's Day, which kind of go hand in hand for us because in our path, the sun is masculine. So it's Father's Day. So he's the king of the sun for one day. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll laugh later. Uh, but this is a time too when you can intertwine your faith with a popular holiday, Father's Day. Yeah. And you can move on with that. Now, because our show is filmed one at one time, usually Wednesdays or Thursdays, you don't see us until Sunday. Um, Congress just passed Juneteenth. It mm -hmm. is now a holiday, and that would be Friday of this week. Friday the 19th is considered Juneteenth, and it is a black celebration of the slavery of the freedom from slavery. So that's another holiday we got coming in there. And that's also a very good holiday to talk about with your kids um, and understand what happened at that time and what was going on. Um, it's a big thing now with Black Lives Matter and touching on history, although history um, is written by the victors and you have to look at both sides of the history books to find out what really went on. The Civil War was not about slavery or north and south it was about money and about um people in politics so it was actually a political monetary war but people don't know that because they haven't read about it um yeah it's I, always important to especially you know it's it, you might have hear, heard about it on the news and things like that or your kids might have heard about it um, because it was just passed as a federal holiday. So it would be a great opportunity to, you know, look up the history and what that all means. You know, the Union soldiers going to Texas and, and you know, letting the, um, the Confederates 
let them know the confederates leaves knowing that they were free so i mean there's a lot of different things to just do your research and have the conversation no matter what it is um well now it's time for conversations and it's time to understand what went on history is written by the victors so what you read in your american history books may not necessarily be a, a, a total picture of what went on. Um, I have that's how before the discussion right. with my mother growing up in Europe, World War II, and I'm telling her what went on, and she like, I don't know what planet you were on, but that's not what happened. Right? Yeah, um, it's because- definitely it's definitely different. And even like when we were doing our cannabis shows, how we, you know we aren't taught anything about a whole system that we have in our body, the endocannabinoid system. So there's a lot of different things if you just go out and look and research. And and research it. I mean, there's some really good resources that you can use and look up. Um, I'm living in the South now. I'm originally from West Virginia, which was considered Southern, but it was not slavery in West Virginia. Right. West Virginia was too poor to have slaves. It's sad, but we were. Um, Maryland, um, where I lived most of my life, is the Mason-Dixon line. And there is actually, believe it or not, if you go to northern Maryland, between Maryland and Pennsylvania, there are blocks that are marked Mason-Dixon. Mason is on the north side. Dixon's on the south side in an actual line. We were at a Boy Scout camp up in Potomac, Maryland. I mean, up um, in Pennsylvania. And we were on the Mason-Dixon line. And some of our boys, and this is going back a few years, did not understand what Mason-Dixon was. So um, we were lucky. Um, I knew a little bit about it, and so did some of the other um, parents. And we were able to give a quick educational, you know, little stance to the kids. Um, And little things like that they'll remember. You know, you don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to spend 10 hours on it if you spend enough time on it, but answer the questions as clear as you can and as open as you can. And if you don't know it, the greatest thing you can tell a child is, I don't know, but let me find out. Because then the child doesn't grow up thinking they have to be omnipotent. They grow up knowing that there's a way to research it. And the greatest thing is to show them how to do it and what sources are good you know, everybody's got their PhD in Google. Um, there's a reason you can't use Google on your papers for mm-hmm. college. Okay. Um, and that's a really good reason because you ought to see some of that stuff. But if you do research it, there's some great places. There's some wonderful museums around. Um, and I always encourage everybody to go to a museum and, and look. And it doesn't matter what where it's at or what it is it's a museum it's a chance for education um yeah or aquariums those are awesome too those are wonderful and i really enjoy museums only because i learn something every time i go you go to a native american museum you might learn a little bit about a tribe that you're not affiliated with um yeah i'm gonna tell you out loud i'm not cherokee okay i'm probably the only person in america who's ever going to say that yeah my dis- um, we have a, a museum of science and history here in Jacksonville and they do different themes and sometimes they'll have adult nights where it's you know a lot of fun 
but they have different themes. And right now for like a month or two, they do it um, for a certain themed exhibit. And right now it's dragons. Oh my God. That's so yeah. cool. But so, the fun things to go and do and the aquariums are the same way. They have a lot of fun things to go. And a lot of times they will discount their tickets on mother's day and father's day kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, even if you just go to McDonald's and grab a happy meal, it's, it's the idea of spending time with your family. Um, and with the pandemic, like New York has released all of its, they don't have any restrictions for anything. Um, I'm a little nervous about that myself, but um, now people are getting out more. So right. take a hike, go, go take a picnic lunch out in your backyard. You don't yeah. have to do anything super special. I know the coolest thing my kids used to like to do is have a picnic in the backyard. Yep. to take the food outside and not have a cookout, but just to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and then go outside and sit down and eat them outside. We, we would always go to, we would get public subs and take them to a park where they have a playground and it's right on the water on the river and they have the little picnic tables and we'd have our little picnic and then the kids would play and we would hike on the trail afterwards. So it right. was like, and you've only bought lunch. Right. Exactly. So and it whole thing it was the lunch the playing the hiking and then we went home we were done you know and we just did whatever you know spend time but together. that little bit of time you spend I mean even doing something as silly as I the one time the, my son decided he wanted to have a little just something out in the backyard I mean it was like well what do you want to do he says well you know what we've never ate sandwiches in the backyard and I'm like Okay, we've had hamburgers and hot dogs. No, mommy, sandwiches. Yeah. Okay, what's the difference? In my mind, there isn't a difference. In his mind, there was. So right. for Father's Day, he made him made poor Joe this sandwich. I don't know how the man ate it. I told you he was a great dad. He, he well, then, like, I said, like I said before, even the little things like Fiona loves cooking with Mike. And of course, he hasn't been doing that much since the stroke, but um, but she loves stuff like that. And Haley, loves, you know, even little things that you may not feel like is a big deal. They love being involved in stuff. They love for Haley, for Fiona's age. A lot of times I know with when mine were that age, they really like doing stuff like helping you with the laundry and oh, my gosh, things she, away. Is, she is a pro at folding washcloths. Let me. Tell yes. You. And towels. Uh, I mean, it, <laughs> it's as bleak as it sounds. That is, they take great pride in that. And it's like, look, I folded. She cracks an egg without a piece of shell in that thing. She My is, son was matching socks. He just thought that was the bead knees. He just thought if he okay, could. Now, now I'm trying to teach her how to fold, you know, how you fold them inside. That, he learned, he just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And he put them together and he'd make, like, his tongue would be out and he'd be searching on getting the, you know, and just the little things like that. I mean, watching daddy shave in the morning, mm -hmm. watching daddy brush his teeth. I'm like, oh, that's like really attractive, you know, <laughs> on our side. And like we said, yeah, and, and whatever the family dynamic is, you know, just make it unique to, to your family and, and just have fun and, um, and whatever that may be. Your nieces, your nephews, your grandchildren, your children, your, it, whatever that means to you, right? But the great thing is, is now is to spend that time. And sometimes that can be self-care because oh, yeah. you're 
spending time on their level and you've already forgotten about the reports that need to be done the end of the month, the end of the year, the end of the quarter, you know, all mm -hmm. that craziness. Um, I've got my nephew this weekend. We're going to see how this works. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. I love him to death and he loves me, but he is a ball of fire. But he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's nice. It's expected. But <laughs> um, when he's, it, and it's so funny, when he's one on one, he is probably the most perfect child in the world because he listens, he does what you ask him to do. Very seldom it, do I have to do the stern voice or anything. It's just like, really? And straightens right up. Right. So, you know, it's a special time. I make special time for this child. I don't have to take him for the weekend. I don't have to take him at all. But it's something that we started doing a long time ago, about four years ago. I would take him to the beach. And that is our thing. So I used to live there. So we went more often while I not live there. And he's been missing it. So um, he made remarks, you know, off cuff remarks. So I told my sister, I really, I know I need to spend some time with him. So that's going to be one. Yeah. That's, I'll let you know if I live through this weekend or not. Um, but it's just the little things like that. It's the quality time. And to a child, I love that term, quality time. Ask a child what quality time is. They're going to tell you any time they spend with you, even if it's in the bathroom, to them it's quality time. And then if you get slapped in the face and they don't know what it is, then you Maybe might. you need to know what it is. But no, I really think that Father's Day and Mother's Day are the days we know why we have them. But it's also a time to reflect back on our children because they're eventually going to be the mothers and fathers of tomorrow. So whatever we're teaching them is what they're going to be teaching. Um, and you never know how much of your parent you have in you until you go to a family reunion and your family stands there and says, oh, my God, you do that just like your mother. And you're going like, you know, you want to take gas and pass out. I'm telling you, that happened to me when I was a young mother. And I was like, I was never going to be like my mother. There, there's issues. And I was like, I was doing something and my aunt turned around and said, you know, you do that just like your mother. Well, I froze. I literally came to a complete dead or, stop. Or until you have kids of your own. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and I was like, what do you mean I did that like her? And I was very, you know, she's like, you reminded me of her when you did that. And it's like, I hadn't lived with my mother since I was seven years old. So it was like, how could I possibly in that period of time, I right. picked up her habits and didn't know it. That's why it caught me so off. Yeah. So you have to remember what your children see because and I'll tell you what it was. It was clearing off the kitchen table. Mm -hmm. Okay. My mom left when I was seven. I was in there. I was married a couple years and I was helping clean up from dinner. And I evidently, you know, was just wiping the table. I wasn't even realizing just how I've always done it. And she just said, you know, you do that exactly like your mother. Mm -hmm. So think about that. Yeah. I been around her since I was seven, yet I was reminded. Aneurysms and things. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a time to, and this is probably a little creepy, but um, 
you're remembering mom and dad, you're remembering you as being parents. Now's the time to kind of sit down and remember what your children are going to have to do if you're not here. Mm -hmm. And now's the time to remember also what you want to, what legacy do you want to leave your children? Right. Absolutely. Now's the time to start passing on some of that stuff that, you know, um, I didn't have the advantage of having a mom. So there were lots of things I didn't know, first of all, bio biologically about myself because I didn't know. Um, when I had my kids, I documented, oh my gosh, their baby books like, look like a documentary because mm -hmm. I wrote everything down. Um, but you don't know when you're going to need it. When my one granddaughter was born, she had a reaction, which was exactly what my son had. So I was able to grab the baby book, Jason, look, read it. We opened the baby book. We saw it. We took it to her pediatrician. Her pediatrician actually called his pediatrician and they discussed whatever it was. But anyway, we thought it was at first they were telling us it was this life altering experience. It was absolutely nothing. It was a reaction to what she ate. Okay. It was one of those. But, you know, at the time you think that they're going to die. But, you know, those little things document the little things now have the pictures, do the fun stuff, but have that documentation when they're no long when you're no longer around and they're looking back at that that's what they're going to remember they're going to look right. at the pictures they're going to say wow remember when you know we did this as kids or or yeah. something like that well, or to show their children start those traditions and those rituals start those traditions write the stuff down um mm -hmm. celebrate the good times absolutely because now i did mention the um we did not have oh, any emails this week so make sure that you are emailing the keyword to teatimemc at gmail.com and that's t-h-y-m-e-m-c at gmail.com last week um the keyword was father's day this or phrase key phrase this week it's going to be litha l-i-t-h-a so be sure to email us. The only requirement is just to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Tea Time with Mother and Crone, um, and like the Facebook page so you can get all of our notifications and all of our updates. And if you, um, if there's multiple people, we will spin the wheel like we had to do last week, which was awesome. We did the little random wheel spin, um, and then you'll get to win some Tea Time merch. And please, if you get your tea time merch, take a picture. You don't have to put your face in it. You can put your, you know. I did get a picture from Nancy that I'm going to post. She's like, oh, I didn't think about posting a picture on the page. So she messaged it to me. So I'll, I'll post it. We'll have to put it on the page. But just remember that. Also remember, if you want us to um, research any kind of herbal teas for you, give us a shout out. We are more than welcome to look at it. Um, and just go over, you know, the stuff that we do with the teas. That we find, um, absolutely. And it's really interesting when we, we learn the stuff about the different teas that we're drinking because just like Kava Kava now, um, I'm actually looking at that for my leg cramps that I have at night. And that is common to someone my age, so it's not a horrifying thing. But again, um, this is a great time to, to talk to an older relative. Um, I lost my my aunt, who was the last generation in my father's generation. She was the last one mm -hmm. to be alive, and she passed um, on my birthday this year. 
And um, now we don't have that person. We don't have the, the last tie to that generation. And it didn't hit me until we were talking about it because I'm going back home. I, I went back last year. I hadn't been back in a couple years, quite a few years. And I got to sit down and talk with her for a couple hours. So we had a really great time. Um, the pictures you saw, we were all laughing and carrying on. We were so terrible. Um, and it was just a bunch of my female cousins and my aunt. So that made it really fun because it's just a bunch of us girls sitting there being just absolutely silly. But now I'm like, uh, I'm going back in a couple weeks and she's not going to be there. So mm. it's, it's that bittersweet, but it's also, she was our um, historian. She was the person that knew everything about everybody. And I still have a million questions to ask her and I don't have her now. So uh, my cousin and I are going to try and sit down and put together a little bit more of our oral family history, which everybody has and nobody writes it down. Right. So I don't have anything on my mother's side for that. So I really rely on my dad's side for history and re relatives and, you know, just stuff that goes on that, you know, you document. So right. a great thing to do on Mother's and Father's Day is to do a little documentation and a little research. Um, share a little bit about um, an older adult with your kids. Um, go see them if you can. But uh, especially with everything opening up. But I also wanted to um, leave you. I found this cute little um, little quote on my tea bags, you know, on certain certain teas that I buy. And it, some of them always have like little quotes or mantras. So I thought it would be nice to close with this. And it says, breathe in peace and breathe out blessings to all. Oh, now that's kind of really special, especially especially with the freaking Mercury retrograde. Oh, Hallelujah, yeah. it will be over soon. <laughs> Let me tell you, this today was the day we had to We're gonna follow this. We're gonna follow this. Breathe in peace and breathe out blessings. To we're all. we're gonna have to because today was a day. One of the few days I have really been. Mm, um, it was just a day and it was no, just we're gonna unwind. I had one of those days as well. It was my first day back to work after since the stroke. So three weeks. So it was a little overwhelming. It, it just Mercury in retrograde. And I wanted it to be more Freddy than retrograde. So I was exactly. totally disappointed. So tomorrow Queen will be blasting in my car because I have to focus on something a little bit better. I'll do it with you. I'll do it with you. Yes. Well, thank you so much again for an awesome show. It was exciting to do this again, getting back in the swing of things. Um, and again, the keyword is Litha, L-I-T-H-A. Oh, we'll and, take midsummer if you can remember that, but Litha is a whole lot easier. Yeah, to we'll, we'll take either one. We'll cut you a break. <laughs> I can do Litha quicker than I can do midsummer. <laughs> Me too. It's fewer letters. But thank you so much again. It's always fun. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Until next time, you will have to see what we are doing. Yes, and next time is going to be an interesting. Um, next time, we're going to give you a little clue on our Facebook page about the book we're going to be talking about. 
for yes, next yes. week. But she's not going to release it till like what? Tuesday? Yeah. We'll release it Tuesday. So look Tuesday on the page. And if it's a book you don't have in your library, this is one book I will tell you to go out and buy. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about <laughs> it when we come back. We're going to leave it at that. We're going to let you all guess because you uh -huh. never know what I'm going to say. So we'll see you all next time. Everybody take care. All Remember, right. what are we breathing in? Peace. What are we breathing out? Blessings to all. So everybody be blessed. All right. Blessed be. Next time.